Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hi everyone and welcome to a brand new episode of Pit Stop Fracker where we're going to be reviewing the Australian Grand Prix. Charles Leclerc secured Ferrari's first Grand Slam since 2010. For any new listeners to F1, a Grand Slam is a win, pole, fastest lap as well as leading every lap of the race in what was truly an utterly dominant performance from the Monegasque driver. To join me go to go through proceedings, uh, well for us it was like six o'clock in the morning UK time. Um, I've got Nam and Chris. Nam, how you keeping? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm uh, I'm not enjoying this season for some reason. Um, I can't. Is that because you had to wake up at six o'clock to watch a chance? No, I, I just think there's just too much Italians. I've, I've heard the anthem a bit too much now. <laughs> it's my ringtone now. It's my ringtone. It's my alarm tone. Yeah, that's quite shocking. That is quite shocking. <laughs> but I, I expect that from you anyway. So. Right, the shamelessness has to run. Um, Chris, how you keeping, bro? I'm good. I'm good. My driver's P two in the championship. You know, I'm eating. I'm eating. I'm, I'm leaving with something. But yeah, Russell, man, Russell done all right. Podium, podium for Russell. We'll get, we'll get, we'll get stuck into that. Um, before we get stuck into proceedings, though, um, if you're listening back to this podcast on Apple or Spotify. Please give us a five-star rating and review. We're really trying to push on the audio front for a bit. So all your kind words only takes two minutes. We'll go a long, long way as we're going to be bringing you content throughout the 2022 season and beyond. Um, Right, guys, let's just get stuck into it, man. Fucking qualifying. What the hell was going on there between these Canadian guys, Nicholas Latifi and Lance Stroll? Nam, talk to me. So, okay, so for anyone who didn't watch the uh, watch qualifying, one, I don't blame you. It was like ridiculous o'clock in the morning. But um, Latifi and Stroll collided 
at turn five, turn five, just after turn five um, at Albert Park. And um, so Latifi pulled off to the side of the track to allow cars to overtake them, who seemed to be preparing for a, a lap. Um, then decided that actually, no, I don't want anyone else to go in front of me and sped past Stroll, who was then turning into the into the racing line of uh, Albert Park um, and collided into Latifi. Now, everyone knows my opinion on Latifi. I've been saying it from the beginning that this guy is he's a ghost of F1 and he's just walking around being aimlessly reckless. This is the sixth consecutive track that he's uh, crashed either in the race or in qualifying. Um, I'm just bro, that, I'm, is, that is that is disgusting, by the way. Six straight races in a row. Well, race uh, weekends in a row. Yeah, race, race, race weekends. That is unforgivable for a driver who's supposed to be at the the um, the top of motorsports. FIA motorsports. Yeah, for him to be crashing his car in a cost cap season as well is unforgivable. Um, I. Yeah, so that, that's the gist of what happened. Personally, I, I was a bit... I got why... I understood why Stroll got the the um, the penalty. I forgot what he got. I forgot what, he, what punishment he got, but he got punishment. I forgot what it was. He, I think he got a three-place grid penalty. I think he got a three-place grid penalty. Yeah, probably. But... Um, yeah, three-places. Okay. I, I I get it, but if Latifi if Latifi caused the accident by deciding to let people go past, if you weren't in the racing line, you wouldn't need to do what you needed to do anyway. But you yeah. decided that you you were in the racing line and you pulled off, and then you immediately sped past the car that you allowed to go past. Like that doesn't make any sense to me. If and and especially where you are, you're at turn five, so it's not like you're turning into the last few corners of Albert Park to head off to start your qualifying lap. Like you, you're not prepared at all. So it, it's, it's, we we need FI Williams need to start considering whether this driver is going to cause more detrimental harm for their development than good. Because like we said, we're at cost cap. You can't be binning cars every single week. And and he bins it and he bends it bad. He never bins it like... Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's, not like he, it's not like he's out here like clipping the wall or anything. Like That was a, no. that was a huge fucking shunt again. It was a massive crash. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah, a stroll... He, uh, he needs to calm down. He's he, he reminds me of early kind of like Grosjean and where it was just a bit reckless every single time. It was just like you're not using your head a bit when you're driving. Like just be a little bit more aware of what's happening around you, especially if you see Latifi on the grid. 
Like we had, we've done this. We thought we escaped this. I, I well, most people thought they escaped it. I didn't think they was going to escape. Kind of the, the madness of of um, reckless drivers. But Latifi's still on the grid. There's a few others that's still on the grid. But let's get Latifi out first, and then I'll move my agenda onto them. But once, once let's let's be more aware of those drivers around. Otherwise, especially with the way. Um, from one motorsport is going at FIA where they're bringing walls in, they're doing more risks in terms of their tracks. They're kind of trying to be a little bit more indie car. It's gonna it's gonna end badly if we don't if they don't start to consider these kind of things with these kind of drivers. So at, at the end of the day, yeah, you, you look, you, you made a good point there. The the tracks, they're narrowing them, they're making them quicker, and if you have drivers that <laughs> just on terrorism and violence. Every day, it's really not gonna bode well for them. And no. actually, Stroll, you know, he was our what? What do we call it? He, he was our Latifi Dior. So Latifi, <coughs> we know from last year, we know Mazepin was on violence, and I think Latifi's kind of replaced him this year. Yeah, Latifi. Stroll. Stroll today collected that award for uh, award for us. We, we we stuck a poll out on Twitter for that. Mm. Actually, in the race itself, one was, was discussing. What was going on there? Like the guy was just weaving in and out. He had an absolute shit weekend. Aston Martin in general had had a shit weekend. Yeah, man, Stroll's Stroll's just not at it really. Um, Chris, what's what's your take on that? To be fair, Stroll weaving is probably the first time I've seen him use these mirrors ever. Because normally he just leaves the door open and then just turns in. So at least now we're seeing him, you know, actually use his mirrors, but for for violence. I don't I don't get it. Like I get that the car is bad, but he is being awful. You know what, yeah, looking back on that actual crash, yeah. I, I want to come back to this with the TV. Like it was like you go, I go, you go, I go. And then when he saw the TV going, he just he used his mirrors and he just crashed into him. Um, and you know when you wake up at like seven o'clock in the morning to watch that, like you're just hoping for a smooth, clean, solid hour of qualifying, and then you just go back to bed or have a little snooze, like oh, and then you have these crashes, you have to clear up the track, and it's just it's just long. Um, but yeah, Stroll collected um, Latifi Dior, so the the Mazepin Award of of 2021, if you like. Uh, let, let's get into a few other stuff um, with regard to qualifying. Um, Charles Declare, I can't stop talking about him. Nam, he put it on pole. Does he have the fastest car in one lap? Uh, uh, <laughs> um, he has the best overall package, which okay. will which will provide the best lap around the track. Okay. okay. He doesn't have the faster top speed car on the grid. That belongs to Red Bull. But okay. in terms of cornering enough speed in the straights, the balance of the car in general, yeah, the Ferrari's the best package for that. Fair enough, fair enough. So then, Chris, I'm, I'm going to come to you then. How comes 
Leclerc qualified on pole by three tenths of a second, only for Carlos Sainz to be way down in P9 come the end of Q3. Because Alonso's car decided to pack it in and he crashed, ruining Carlos's mm -hmm. first lap where he was within tenths of, Le within tenths of Leclerc. And then on the second goal, his engine didn't second. work initially, so he was sent out like so we sent out a minute later, so not getting enough preparation time to get the tyres in correctly to, to have a good lap. It's the same thing that others have suffered with as well. So like at the end of Q1, no one improved because they didn't have enough time to do two laps. They only did one after um, strolling Latifi's nonsense. So <clears throat> with these tyres, it's all about making sure that they're in the right window and he couldn't get them in the right window for whatever reason so just started off his rubbish weekend in that manner so do you reckon science coming in p9 then was a mixture of the team not being able to fire up his car quick enough and the driver and the conditions or would you say it's can a I just combination come in, of all three can i just come in quick i don't i actually think like what chris was saying it's 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 unfair it's unfair to judge qualifying, science is qualifying, because you're right. I think if if everything was was done to the strategy of what Ferrari wanted to do and the incidents didn't happen, you probably would have stuck it in P2, P3. Okay. But let's say if the shoe was on the other foot, does Leclerc, does Leclerc get P9? Yeah, he does. That's the... <laughs> I, I, no, no way. No way. I'm sorry. Leclerc does not get P9. But how you're telling it? me you're telling me that science needs to have two warm-up laps in order for him to put in a decent qualifying lap but we Come know, on, man. We know this is... no 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 we know historically ferrari have two plans that they do normally with their drivers they're normally not on the same plan right mm -hmm. so we don't know what what setup science had was it more race dominate dominated was it more um you Essentially, you're going to be the position. You're going to be the position driver, and like Leclerc was always going to finish, um, go off into the distance, and you were just going to sit behind, so you, you didn't have a threat. Like we don't know how they set the car up, right? And also, we don't know, um, kind of like whether it was, you know, sometimes they kind of like alternate who goes last for drivers when they're doing like fastest laps. So maybe this this time it was science to go last. Um, in the strategy so that he was going to do his flying lap. Unfortunately, Alonso bins it and then it kind of puts his lap in jeopardy anyway. So it's, it's a bit unfair. I would say what happened in the race, and we'll get onto that, was that's his fault more than what happened in qualifying. So qualifying, you're going to put down to the team then? then? Qualifying, I'm going to put it down to the circumstances of qualifying. So Alonso, Alonso bin in it which eradicates his first one, then that that puts pressure on his final mm -hmm. one. Um, and if there's issues with the car, which the car, they didn't set up and, yeah, they didn't set up correctly and they they seemed like they didn't set up his car all weekend correctly. Um, mm -hmm. That's that's not that's not his fault. Like, it's it's tough. But it's the situation that happened in qualifying. Yeah, it's one of those things, isn't it? I mean, I still think 
that if Leclerc was in that position, he's not putting it on P9. But hindsight's a wonderful thing. You don't know. You don't know what's going to happen in those situations. Um, and obviously, science race performance will we'll get into that. But let's get stuck into the race itself. Um, basically, Charles Leclerc drove off into the distance. And I think one of the key talk talking points through the race, I, I saw all of us, all, all of the pit stop crew were, were, were tweeting away throughout the race. I suppose what, what got a lot of interaction was when that, that Red Bull engine packed in for Max. Um, Nam, I know you've had a lot to say about the Red Bull powertrains, Honda rebranded, energy drinks company. Take me through this engine. What's what's going on there? Because it wasn't doing anything like this last year. So what's going on in 2022? I know there's going to be someone who's more technical um, on Twitter or on who, who's listening to this part and is going to probably say it's, it's basically the same. Um, they still got the same people. Da, 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 da. But you have to question. You have to question why Honda decided that they didn't want to continue with the development of um, the engine with Red Bull. And for Red Bull to go on on their own to develop a title-winning engine. Like, it's, it's, yes, probably, yeah, Honda services it. Honda helps to develop it. Cool, whatever. But I've always said there is no way this engine is going to be good or sufficient enough to win the title this season. And I said it last season, simply because of the fact of how they were pushing for that title. Now, like, it didn't make any sense. Yeah, okay, cool. If, if um, Red Bull was always in the running for last season, right? They had a quick mm -hmm. car. They looked comfortable. They looked very balanced. The engine was phenomenal. They had a race director on their side. Let's we'll get to that, but um, but in terms of their package, it was it was good, right? But their tactics, in terms of like the way they went racing, Max Verstappen's over aggression, um, Christian Horner's words, some of the language he's used, the um, the kind of like indirect racism after the British Grand Prix, mm -hmm. like all these things was in order for them to win a championship and to win it um, and to kind of sway opinion and sway um, kind of like thought within the marshals and race directors, which led to Abu Dhabi, right? Yep. So, like, once you start acting this way, you, to me, in Formula 1, and it happens in Formula 1 a lot, I see that you don't have faith for next season because there will always be next season. Right, mm -hmm. with a new reg change and all that stuff. Plus, Honda's not there. Honda, who's an established engine supplier, has decided they don't want to continue to make your engines, right? Or don't even want to put their name on the engine, right? Mm -hmm. If it's the same one, they don't want to put their name on it. So you have to go on on your own to build an engine, a team that has never built an engine. And you expect me to go, oh, yeah, cool, that's going to fantastically... Yeah, it'll be quick because Red Bull will build a package, but it will blow up. And it's blown up twice. So you, nobody can tell me... <laughs> nobody can tell me that that engine is good if two of the three races, it's blown up. 
Yeah, so 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 you, you made a good good point there. And let's just apply a bit of context to Verstappen's DNF. It's the second DNF for Verstappen in three races. And at the time of the race, I think it was around lap 39, he was about seven seconds behind Leclerc. And he just pumped in a purple lap, so a fastest yeah. lap. He just pumped in the fastest lap. And then all of a sudden, the engine packs up. So, Chris, I want to get your take on the Red Bull powertrain engine as well. Um, do you reckon it was a... Do you reckon the reason why it blown up? So they haven't actually, you know, released the information as to why, you know, no, the no, engine packed in. But oh, they did. Okay, so what was the reason? Yeah, it's a fuel leak. <laughs> a fuel, fuel leak. leak. Oh wow! Yeah. So wasn't that similar to what was yeah. in the same before? No, they had a fuel pump issue, like a f- issue with the FIA piece in Bahrain. But in this one, it's just a complete fuel leak. Like, so all it, I'm saying, the streets are saying that, that um, what do you call it, that Honda left them the manual in Japanese and none of the Red Bull guys can read it. Like, <laughs> they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> <sighs> that, I think, I think that has to be the pod title. I'm not even joking. Um this should be just written in Japanese and let everyone. Rob, they should have got they should have got Yuki to translate it for them. They should have got Yuki down at Red Bull to translate it for them, help them out a bit. Um, <laughs> if that was the case. But but no, Chris, in all seriousness, um, do you reckon so do you reckon that this fuel leak, yeah, instead of a fuel pump issue, do you reckon this fuel leak was caused by Max, you know, pushing just a little bit too hard, or do you reckon it was just gonna pack in anyway? I reckon it's just going to pack in anyway. If that's the kind of thing that if it goes wrong like that, it was bound to go wrong. There was no there was no like, warnings. So normally when things go wrong, there's a bit of a warning so you can tell and just go, yeah, we're doing too much. Here it just broke instantly. Like this is those McLaren Honda type beat, you know. So things are just yeah. breaking for breaking sake. Yeah. I mean... If you're a Red Bull fan, it's not looking too good for you. Uh, and if you're a Max Verstappen fan, like then, I said before, yeah. yeah, like I said before, in regards to like, it, it, I'm even starting to question the 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 first issue that they had in Bahrain because a fuel leak happened in this race, and then the fuel pump. Issue it's it's all related to the same thing, bro. Yeah, because because even after Bahrain, they they didn't one hundred percent say that the issue is resolved, and they cannot one hundred percent conclusively rule out it happening again. I reckon it's all That's related wild. to the same fucking part. That's wild because because as well, it's not happening to anyone else. Like I don't, none of the Mercedes engines have packed it in. In regards yeah. to, um, no, no, anything. no. It happened to McLaren, but they changed the part. So McLaren changed the part because they have sense. So, so that's why they saying, didn't break down in Bahrain like Red Bull so, did. So Red Bull decided to run the same part again for two extra races. Is that what you're telling me? No, no, no. So in the first race, yeah. McLaren changed that little part in the engine that the FAA supplies because they were like, this shit don't look right. But Red yeah. Bull just had said, F it, we'll race with it. And then both of their cars broke down with the same problem. And then... Okay. But now it's like a different 
slightly different issue, but it's all kind of linked with the fuel system. So I don't know what Honda yeah, but, are doing but, but, with the fuel my, system. But that's my point. Yeah, you've got a common path that is an issue with your car, right? And it's only happened. Let's let's think about it, right? Yeah. In the first race, it happened to Max Gasly and Paris. Well, they, yep. they 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 all had the same issue, right? Of a, a fuel issue which caused their car to pack in. <clears throat> in in Jeddah, Sonoda packed it in. Packed it in. His car packed it in. What issue was that again? I don't know. I think it was just an engine failure. He didn't even start the race. He oh, couldn't yeah. even get to the grid. Engine. And then, engine. And then, Saturday, Sunday, engine was just not working. Okay, cool. And then now you've got a fuel leak. There's something uh, wrong here. Like, <laughs> you, you okay, can't... okay. So, okay, so Nam, they came on the radio to Perez, yeah. So yeah. Perez asked, "Why, why did Max Max's engine pack it pack up?" And they said to him, "Listen, it's nothing wrong with your car, or you don't need to worry about anything on your car." So, like, it just makes you wonder, like, are they saying that just to sort of keep him focused in the race? I don't know. I, it's just... I, 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 don't, I don't think they fully understand the whole drivetrain system that they have at Red Bull. They don't have probably the experience to really understand some of the common parts and some of, like, and I'm not saying that they're, they're stupid, but, like, as, a compo- as compared to, like, Honda, who have won... Who have made world championship? Jesus Christ, what's happening in IndyCar? My sorry, um, <laughs> like Honda have made world championship cars, yeah. So mm-hmm. they have decades of experience, as opposed to a team that doesn't hasn't made a, an engine before, right? So yes, you might be having Honda like look over your homework, right, or giving you like some of the parts and like what Chris was saying, they left the manual in probably Japanese and now they're trying to use Google Translate and obviously some of the words don't really fix up together. But like this is too like it's it's too coincidental that you've had two of the races that have had something in relation to fuel pack in and then the fuel has to fuel the engine, of course. And then the engine packed in for Sonoda. Like you haven't had brake issues. You haven't had. You haven't had. You haven't even had hydraulics issues. It's, you haven't had anything. It's just engine for the first three races. Like you know what? I've said it. I've said it. I said it last year that this engine is going to be good. We'll see at the end of the season. I think. I think it might be long for them. Really long for them. Bro, your agenda's landing, man. Your agenda's landing. Yeah. And anyway, for Red Bull, Christian Horner, anyone listening to this, long may it continue. Um, let's move swiftly on to Mercedes. Decent weekend for them, really. Um, picking up the pieces. That's the way I'd describe it. Um, obviously, Max Verstappen crashing out. Hamilton, whew, quick off the line at the start, man. He jumped up to P3. And then obviously the whole safety car you know, incident well, not safety car incident, safety car being called out, allowing George Russell to pit, um, eventually ending up P3. Um, let's speak on George Russell, Chris. Um, how would you rate his weekend? It was a 
solid, let's say, seven. It was like he was where he needed to be, you know, in qualifying. He was the 10th off Lewis. That's good. In the race, he was right behind Lewis, like less than two seconds off before the pit stops and the safety cars. And then once the pit stop safety car were done, the pace with Lewis was comparable. Obviously, Lewis is a bit faster. This is Lewis Hamilton we're talking about. But like, it wasn't to the point where he was disgracing himself and he was like 10 seconds off and causing all sorts of trouble. And it's like, it shows that if the car is good and they're fine at the front, he will be like there. And that's the most important thing. It's like last year, Lewis was fighting by himself. This year, you see that the Merck class are close together. And that's important for the championship, especially now that Leclerc has um, a big head start. You're going to need both cars taking points away from him. So George being close, making the most of his opportunities is key. So I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy. We've got a podium and he's now second in the championship somehow. So we're good. We're good here at Russell Hive. Stocks are on the way up. Yeah. I mean, good shout. I mean, your tweet absolutely killed me. Um, yeah, if you if you haven't followed us already, please make sure you do. Uh, at Pitstop Fracker, there's there's a few of us that use the account. Obviously, Chris is a George Russell fan, um, and he put out a uh, quite a funny Gerard tweet, which uh, made me laugh quite a bit in the morning. Um, throughout the race, though, Chris, um, George Russell came on the radio when Perez was was up behind him. Um, his engineer, I, I don't know what his engineer's name is. I should know that. But um, his engineer told him, don't fight too hard against Perez, to which Russell came back on um, in response and said, that's not the sort of stuff I want to be hearing. Um, is that the sort of stuff that you want to be hearing from Russell? Fight talk? Yeah, like you're at the front. This is the this is the time it's like you want to fight. You want to fight with the guys in the Red Bulls and then Ferraris. Like you don't want to let these guys go. Obviously, he did because to protect his um to protect his tires because that's what the Red Bulls didn't do. They didn't protect their tires, so like the front left of the Mercedes kept to, kept together, and it didn't keep together in the Red Bull, which is why the Mercedes was so close to the Red Bull today. Because that's why, like like Checo said itself, he had big problems with the front left with the graining and stuff, and Mercedes didn't have that problem because they took it easy. So it made sense strategy wise, but obviously. I like the fact that my the, your driver wants to race. He's a racer. Like, there's there's no like. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. I like aggression and then my drivers, I like them to want to race. So that's all good. Quickly, Nam, what did you make of Russell's performance in the race qualifying? 
Um, better than Bottas, so so it's a plus. I Fair mean, enough. like he's he's he he. I said it in in the first part of that was on the season that he will be better than Bottas because he will be there to fight with Lewis Hamilton. He's just better at doing it. He's a better consistent driver than Valtteri Bottas as a partner for Lewis Hamilton. So he's proved it today. He finished third in a tank. <laughs> That's all you can do, man. I, I rate him, man. I really do rate him. So, yeah, no I, I, no, I fully agree with you there. I think the closer he is to Hamilton, the better it is for Lewis. Because as Chris alluded to as well, you can take points off other drivers. You know, you can play the strategy game and stuff in the races. But you also mentioned there, Nam, um, about the Mercedes being a tank. Although at one point you did tweet it. Um, I think there was five or six Mercedes powered cars in the top 10. Is things looking up for them? Yeah, things are looking like what it was supposed to be. Like this is this is this is um this was the the, the uh, what we expected from Mercedes. They 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 have a decent engine. I always said this. I didn't think there was a, anything an issue with the engine. It would have been competitive enough as long as the packages that these cars were producing um was good enough. And I think every single one of the Mercedes engines su- supply teams went for something a little bit radical and it just didn't pay off um, for these early races. But I think now that they're starting to understand their car more, um, I think they'll be, they'll be, they'll be competing. I think like I've always, we've, we've gone back and forth about in regards to Mercedes. I think with Mercedes, I think it's the, the floor is the fundamental issue. And once they have, sorted the floor out and Russell said it today actually in after, um, on Sky Sports yeah. F1 um, he said that they know the issue, the issue is the porpoising and once they have the porpoising under control um, they will be fighting for races so once that floor is sorted if the, the gains of 1.5 seconds is to, believe, to be believed they will be a, they will be competing if not ahead of the Ferrari in race at race pace at least. We don't know about qualifying packages, but race pace, 1.5 seconds, that is that is that is covering what they were losing um per lap and more. So I, I I'm not I'm like I said, I've I'm not I've never really been concerned about them. I've been more Hoping that they'll just make sure that they get this sorted quicker. We've got a long season to go, um, so if they, you know what it is, Nam. It's it's a development game as well. So even if Mercedes were to pick up one and a half seconds, you also need to account for other teams innovating, improving, getting quicker. So I think over the course yeah. of the season, the teams yeah, will get quicker. Yeah, like the, for all, we have a poor issue. Yeah, the team if they will get that, they quicker. Teams will get quicker, but I think the Mercedes situation is so different to the rest um, because of their design. The design of their car is so radical; like it's it's no side pods. It's it's like if you're looking, if you're really thinking about it, it's like late eighties F one cars. 
where they were going ridiculous speeds. So it's 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 that kind of innovation that they've brought in into this car. And like 1.5 second gain is unprecedented. And if that if, if that is true, that's ridiculous. Like I I'm not saying that Red Bull and Ferrari won't be able to innovate and get get there. They'll be definitely they will definitely improve, but the floor situation for for Mercedes is so needs it, it needs to be rectified so drastically that if they if they do get it, I think it might it would definitely cut into Red Bull. It's definitely cut into Red Bull. I think it, it would just it will, it would be very exciting at the front seeing Lewis Hamilton and Charles Leclerc going at it. But obviously Verstappen won't won't have the mental capacity to be realizing that he's champion and he's fighting for third and fourth every single time. So if you dive bobbing his car into ridiculous situations, but hey, at least that's what we're gonna see. And it it might make racing a little bit more fun. Um mm-hmm. and make someone like Charles O'Care realise that he's racing with a maniac back to Stappen. So anyway, in regards to Mercedes, I think yeah, the once that once that floor is sorted, then we do have a genuine, genuine exciting um, couple of races um, in the season. I think the key question is is when and and you know if if it does happen. So yeah, Chris, what's your take on Mercedes? Um, yeah, do you reckon it's it's just the floor that needs changing? Do you think they will, as Nam said, be able to make up one and a half seconds? Yeah, everything that's going around is mostly the floor. I'm hearing about the engine is that the combustion engine, so the ICE and all of that is all good, is that their hybrid system is behind Ferraris. So they still have time to go and fix that by the end of, by September. So they still have time to sort out the, the battery power. And that's where they're lagging behind with their engine. But yeah, I've, I put it, it's up to the mechanics to go and fix the car. Like you have your drivers, your drivers are sturdy get the car fixed and do it as quick as you can. Like, like mm-hmm. it's as simple as well, that. We... Get that floor fit, get, stop that car from bouncing. Yeah, fair enough. Um, what are we then saying about the other Mercedes-powered team? Uh, McLaren, decent decent weekend for them. Um, Norris got P4, and he said that that's like equivalent to a pole. Um, so yeah, Chris, talked to you about Lando Norris as well. What do you make of his qualifying and, and his race. He looks, he's started the season really well. Obviously, the car was, was a bit of a joke the first two races. They've sorted out one of the key issues that they have with the brakes, but this could also be a thing with the track. Cause what was the issue with, with the brakes? Just, 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 just to make our listeners aware, what's, what was the issues with the brake? <clears throat> The problem, they had, like their brakes couldn't last the whole race, so they had to fit different type of brakes on, which ruined the whole aero balance of the car. So the car just became very slow and difficult to drive. So they had mm-hmm. proper, they have, they have, this is the first race to have proper brakes on the car. So the car now runs somewhat normally. It's still lacking downforce. It's still a bit tricky to drive, but it's generally a, a lot better for the drivers and they're able to actually push and drive the car properly for the first time. Yeah. Um, yeah, quickly, Nam, what would you make for McLaren um, this weekend? 
Danny Rick's home race. Um, he didn't do much, did he? Um, they did well to get in. They 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 did well to get in um, the top ten, considering how horrible it was going for them. Um, but I don't really have much to say. They got it around. They got their points. I'm, I'm like I said. I'm more intrigued to see kind of like the upgrades that are going to come for them. Um, that looks more exciting, um, especially mm-hmm. with if they get everything right in regards to package and all that stuff. But yeah, solid. Well done. I think I think what we said before we um, started recording was you got to be in it to win it, um, and it seems like the Mercedes powered cars are quote-unquote reliable. I don't want to jinx anything, but it seems like they are reliable at the moment. So it's getting them by. And if it's reliable, they can iteratively develop that. And, you know, they could be fighting near the top. Um, Let's move on, though, to Ferrari. Uh, Charles Leclerc, he literally just sailed off into the distance. Like, that guy, for me, drove, drove incredibly well. I think of all his race wins, I think even he said this was probably one of his most comfortable. Um, yeah, he basically drove off into the distance. Not much really to say about that. Um, but let's touch on Carlos Sainz, uh, Nam. What do you make of his race start? I mean, what's terrible. going on there? Absolutely terrible. Absolutely terrible. I. So when I saw it live, I was like, why is this guy going backwards? I even tweeted, this guy is just going backwards. And it, it it beggars belief. But then, obviously, after the race, Kareem Chandwark on Sky Sports did um, an analysis of what happened. So they had an issue with the steering wheel, <coughs> so they had to um, they had to change the steering wheel. Um, and then anti stall happened, um, and that put him on the back foot. Um, so all of that stuff, fine. Where I'm gobsmacked at is where he binned his car. You've been racing at Alvin Park for 25 years. Like, not you, science in particular, but like, we've been at that track for 25 years. They haven't changed that corner. So you know Mm -hmm. what has happened in that, that corner. And... Even at the side, what annoyed me as well with that year was at the side, going up to that corner, you've got red, you don't have the normal white um, breaking uh, marker boards. You've yeah. got red ones. Red. Mm-hmm. So you know it's coming up. And he drove straight past the red um, marker boards and then realised, oh, I need to start breaking. So then he pulls out out from where the regulations has made it easier for you to put your car in, yeah, in terms of being behind the car and that that yeah, going above you, he pulls out into... Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. 
For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply weird fresh air which will obviously react to your car you don't have the foresight to 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 maybe come off the brakes a little bit even or go onto the brakes heavier or potentially like negate that fact mm. <clears throat> but instead you went onto the grass cool we also like i said we've been at australia for 25 years once it goes in the grass it's game over Facts. So, yeah. you see, Nam. You, you see, Nam. I'm, I'm gonna have to disagree with you there because the the track. You're right. Those th- that part of the track has not changed. The and what also hasn't changed in that part of the track is a runoff area. You know, the gravel trap is on the other side of turn ten. There's a little bit of a runoff area for turn nine. Now he went off. He went off, and he was on the grass. Okay. Now at that point, the way I looked at it, he's down the he's down the order. Yeah. His head's yeah. a bit gone, his tires haven't warmed up. And I think he's just and I think see, this is where the difference is between him and Charles. And it's why I say that Charles is clear of him ability-wise. I just thought he was a bit erratic there, sliding over the grass, which then put him into the gravel trap. He beached it. Okay. And what crystallizes this literally perfectly was I think a few laps later, K-Mag done the same thing and he managed to keep it on track. Yeah, but, then, but, it, but that's what I'm saying. But like the difference there was when K-Mag did it, he, one, he knows where he is. Like you said, it, he knows where yeah. he is at on the track. So he knows, like I said, it's very important what I'm saying in regards to you've been here for 25 years. Reason yeah. one of the tracks that you, they, they go to every season, barring probably the last two seasons, it's been the first race that you go to so that and that track that track is very difficult to alter they've done some alterations but like you said the runoffs are completely the same so yeah, yeah, yeah. you like you when you get there you should know how to react you know. to that. like you should know but he didn't react in the normal way he's he's still speeding into the corner going into the air and not reacting he like he's he's going tight He's going back. He's trying to go back into the race where he should have. He literally should be. It was shocking all around, and he spun around as well before he ended up in the in the gravel trap. It's just, it's just insanity. Just actually, and the 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 top of it, he could have his car could have been t boned like that. Yeah, he almost took out someone. Oh my god! It could have been Uh, a really bad accident. So, like Chris, I I want to quickly move on to Chris. Um, what what did you make of his race start? Um, what do you make of his tyres as well? Like, the warm-up at the start and then obviously his DNF. He he lost his head. He was, you know, the tyres weren't where it's supposed to be. He lost his head, went for a move he should have made and binned it. It's, it's kind of similar. The thing is, the same thing happened to Charles like a year or two back where when Ferrari were in the midfield, 
sometimes you just lose your head. Like you're you're in a Ferrari. You you think you should be at the front. You like you're fast. You're faster than these guys. You're just gonna go for moves, especially if you have a bad start and it's not quite going the way it's supposed. It's just that is like he was driving angry and just messed it all up. And he rightly, you know, was harsh on himself and rightly even said a few words to the, about the team as well because you can't be having, you know, a steering wheel change at the last second and then everything's all set up correctly in the new steering wheel. Like, stuff like that's bound to happen. So the way I saw it was, I think it was just a bit of a head loss. Like, he had all of this change at the start. I can't take a head loss. Like I can't. Like I've seen, I've seen Lewis Hamilton come from wherever he came from and picked off drivers one by one. Yeah, but like, but, but you see, but you see Nam. Yeah, with with science, he's got a car that can win. Yeah, he's got a car that can win, and that was proved today by Charles's twenty seconds. Could have been more if there weren't safety cars. Could have been more if that car weren't porpoising. Mm. Yeah, he's got a car that can win. And I think at the start, I think I just, he got off to a poor start. Fair enough, the tyres may have played the game. But then he needs to understand that with such a powerful machine underneath him, he can get his way through the field. And I think in doing that, when, you know, we discussed it already, when he went into that runoff area, I personally think he wasn't calm or calculated enough and then literally went across that grass and, and completely beached it. But then, and, but then that's why that's why I can't take the head loss as the excuse. It might be he yeah. lost his head, but that's not an excuse for me. That's like it's 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 like it's lap one, so it's not like we've you're you're like at lap fifty seven and you have to get past Magnussen to collect points. Like you've got strategy, you've got all that stuff. Like he didn't need to do anything that he did at that moment. Yeah. Um. And you just have to look across the other side. You see Leclerc, you know, doing, doing, you know, a sterling job. He obviously got driver of the day. And I think for Charles, uh, not Charles, for Carlos at the moment, it's probably in his head that actually, you know what? I could, you know, I'm definitely now number two driver because he's less than half the points of Charles Leclerc. I know it's only three races in, but if you have a championship leader there and a you know and an utterly dominant performance today you know rest of the season doesn't really bode well uh for science you know getting preferential treatment or being looked at as an, looked at as the number one driver uh chris um i picked you up on something earlier today um you said that uh charles leclerc could potentially get replaced by mick schumacher um in years to come you, you I, I know it's only been three races in 22 but do you stick by that? He's Look, thinking about it. Man's doing their agenda, innit? I had to sell my Charles Leclerc stuff because of people like you, innit? Like, I built Charles <laughs> Leclerc hype. I, I was there from the beginning and I had to sell my stuff because of guys like you. Look, I'm going to stick by the shot, yeah? If Mick ends up in a Ferrari, yeah, dumb man are going to be like, you know what, yeah? We might need to just give Mick one. Like, if you have the fast car, we need to give Mick one. Just, 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 just on vibes alone. <laughs> the heritage, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, you know how Ferrari are. They love a romantic story. This, that's why they love Charles. That's their son. You know, you know. Um, 
God, godson of the of like of of Jules, you know, his agent is is John Todd's son, you know. That's everything. All aligns really nicely for him. So it's like he's the favorite, isn't it? Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, I know. I know. That's that's all agenda. That's all agenda. I think as a race driver, he's clear of signs. And yeah, I said that after the first race. Um, yeah, and it's come to fruition. Um, no more so than today. Um, let's quickly touch though on 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 the Alpine. Um, yeah, Chris, talk to me about Alonso and his weekend. It's a funny one because Alonso actually had pace. Like, I'm the first person to get onto Alonso, but he had pace. He had speed in that car. But the car let him down initially. And then in the race, he was doing an all right recovery until the pit stop and he put on the mediums. And then he just rubbished those tires. Like, there was no sense of looking after the tires. He rubbished them and had to pay after 10 laps and then failed to get faster slap. So it was quite a, like, that Sunday wasn't a great Sunday. <clears throat> but Saturday, he looked all right. It was a missed opportunity. That Alpine card is basically either going to be quick or it's going to burn. So that's the motto they've gone for this season. Either we're going to be fast or we're not going to make it. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm glad, you know, Ocon's 3-0 up. You know, delivering the points, even though they messed uh, his setup a little bit. Number one driver, I tweeted it today. Number one driver, Esteban Ocon. You know, and and this is for those guys when when they were like, oh, Alonso Piastri be a partnership. Well, okay, now man, Alonso has three points in three races, bro. Not nothing. Ocon has twenty. So, hmm. Our plan ain't looking too good right now. I was literally, I was literally gonna say that word for word. <laughs> <laughs> Nam, talk to me about Alonso. Let even just before I went to Alonso, yeah. What makes that whole situation even more funny this weekend is that Alpine really protested the fourth DRS, and that was going to be beneficial for them. Like their car yeah. looked better with without DRS than it did with DRS. So they got that DRS removed and L Plan still went to L Flames. It's just it's 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 uh this this should be this should be a, a Netflix series, L Plan to L Flames. Like that that needs to happen. It's and too we funny. need to we it's need to funny. have it. We need to have it like a dark comedy and it needs to be like like it's, it's it's it needs to have like the element of um really dark comedy humor but like in like the graphic of like money heist and i think it'll be so just like because this is shocking from a two-time world champion that people believe that he can still win a world championship it's absolutely bro, shocking behavior bro, people told me this week that he's better than hamilton He's not better than Hamilton. That's I was, all. I was, I don't get that. I, I was literally ready to throw my phone out the window. Like no two-time, no two-time champion is better than it, never. It, it's not. I, that's that's just eight-time math. champion. Yeah, it just it just don't add up to me. It it just don't. I, I just Alonso fans. Oh my god, please. 
you guys are a different breed. I promise you, you guys. Are, I don't know. I don't know where you're seeing this from. He last won a race in 2013. Chris put it perfectly. When Alonso last won a race, he had more titles than Hamilton. You know, That's you, how long you know ago it was. Do you know who he is? He's Arsenal. He's oh, Arsenal. trust. And, and his they, fans they, are like Arsenal as well. No, no, no. Yeah, Respect like, Arsenal. No, oh, no, shit, Chris. No, no, no. Deep it, deep it, deep it, deep it, deep it. You've won a couple titles. And all of a sudden, you think that you're the greatest team in the world. And then you haven't won things for a while, but you're just for the fans still hope that they could do it. And they think that maybe this season, because they've got a nice package, younger players, or in terms of Alonso, a nicer car that might be competing. But you're all the same, bro. It's just flames. It's always just flames. At the end of the no, day, no, no, no. at the end of the day, it's going to be flames for El Plan. And it's just gonna. I'm waiting for. I'm waiting for um, AFTV, Alonso Failure TV. I'm waiting for that one. <laughs> Alonso Failure TV. Yeah. No, no. one thing I've got to say, yeah, is yeah. One thing I'm gonna say is he's already started the. You know when you know when Alonso's like not happy, and he starts bitching about the team and his teammate. It's already begun. It's already begun. The meltdown's begun. And even Lando played it out on the F1 TV thing. He's like, Piastri, don't worry, yeah? Alonso's already started bitching, like, like it's already begun. So he's saying he wants to stay for another two years. If, if it carries on the way it's going, Alpine will boot him out. Listen, I'm a big advocate of bringing talent through, not in, in, in any sport, yeah? Like, I got, a, listen, in football, I have an agenda against Roy Hodgson, yeah? Because I just think he's an old man taking up space in the Premier League. I, I just, if there is talent coming through and there's an opportunity to bring that talent through and you have an old person, in the case of Formula One, on the grid that is not doing well at all, yeah, get him out. Get him out. Okay. Alonso didn't do well last year. Yeah. He done okay. Yeah. No, he didn't do well last year. He didn't do well last year. He was a backup. He was a backup dancer for fucking Ocon, yeah. And if he did all right to he done okay. He done okay. Oh what? He got a podium in, in Qatar and he held off Lewis Hamilton in Hungary. That's his season that's his season highlights. Ocon got a race win. I I, I don't know what the head to head was, but regardless of that, yeah, I'm always an advocate of bringing talent through. Yeah. And if you're an old man taking up space on the grid, like it just it, it proper just frustrates me. Like I actually rate Piastri as a driver. I reckon he can come to that team and really, really help him. Now, you might turn around and say Lewis Hamilton, but Lewis Hamilton, he's, you know, he's an old guy, but he's still doing bits. He's, he's still he's doing really well. He's a number one driver. He's still a number yeah. one driver who still wins races. Like, it's, it's exactly. not... Exactly. So, this, this whole thing about, oh, like, bring the yeah, new yeah, talent it's... through, man. We want to see that. Yes, I, but, um, I, I think this year that all leaves. So, I think Alonso should go as well. I think it's time for Alonso and Bell to, to both, you know, pack it in. Enjoy your retirement tour. We respect you. You're legends of the sport. But, like, it's time now. Like, we're seeing so many of these younger kids come come in and come up now that it's, like, it's time. Yep, it's time. Um, yeah, Alpine's strategy were on the Massey Dior. So, the Massey moment. Uh, the howl of the weekend, yeah. So they're all up there with uh, Red Bull, no powertrains. But um, obviously, Red Bull, no powertrains came through, which we already touched on. 
Um, <laughs> I think we also had another award at some point. I think maybe might have been 2020 or 2021. I think it was an Albon Award. Um, speaking of Alex Albon, uh, bit of a seesaw weekend, right? He got disqualified from qualifying for, for having insufficient fuel or unable to provide, I don't know, one litre sample of fuel. And then he literally ran like, what, 57 laps? Correct if I'm wrong, 57 laps on the hard tyre to pit and ended up with a point for, for Williams. So a bit of a stinker qualifying, but a sterling race race day for Albon. Um, yeah, Nam, what do you make of that? This. I have a big issue with this. He's going to have a great race. But um, Sebastian Vettel got a podium taken away from him for the same thing that happened to Album in qualifying, right? Yep. So technically, should Album have been racing that day? Because if you can take someone's podium away because they had insufficient um, fuel in the car, Surely you shouldn't be allowed to race if you had that same situation in qualifying. Otherwise, where's like what happens if what happens if you got a podium? What actually happens if you got a podium? Because he would have he would have served the same punishment. He yeah, he would have served he would have committed the same crime and someone didn't get a podium. So is it because of the session that it happened in that meant that he um he was allowed to race. Like it just seems really unfair. I don't know. I don't so, know. It... He got disqualified from wait, qualifying. Wait, wait. Go for it. So he did start at the back. But yeah, go for it, Chris. No, but like, if, you're, if you're disqualified, sorry, sorry, Chris. Wait, wait, if you're disqualified, yeah, go on. The reason why I can't let that ride is because. Lewis in Brazil was disqualified for qualifying for having a dodgy rear ring. So if we're doing disqualifiers from qualifying and you're not racing, it messes up the whole thing. So it's like it's not his fault as well; it's the team's fault. So you must you can put him at the back and find the team, but the driver himself should be allowed to race. And if so, you start so from the back, my, start from the back. Like so, the my thing then would be. Should the punishment change? Because you're basically saying I can commit the same crime, but the result of what would happen will change depending on the session, which will be unprecedented because every single other, um, every single other infringement that happens in Formula One has the same punishment across the board. You get what I'm saying? Like yeah. if, you, if 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 something happens, if you if you if like an unsafe release happens in in qualifying, you have the same punishment and effect that you do in the race. Albeit, like you, your your grid position will be, um, yeah, your grid position will be compromised. Albeit, whether it's seconds that happened or how you start in the race, do you get? But like for this one, you could be disqualified, but then you get the points in the race. So yeah, it's a weird one. It's such a weird one. But not, anyway, not taking away anything from Albion, there's 57 laps on hard tires and still came away with points. Yeah, that's quality. A, yeah, yeah you, you have to rate that. You have to rate that regardless. Like whatever 
Hafflin qualifying, fair enough. He started right from the back and yeah, he ended up with, with a valuable point for, for Williams. Um, he didn't cry though, did he, Chris? Like uh, George Russell did last year. Is it easier to get a point in the Williams now this year? Yeah, is that what you're going to say? So, new rules, new regulations, and the George one was because it was like three years of pay. It's like, you know, you go into a uni course and then you're suffering for three years and then you get, you know, you pass your course, like, that. that's what he went through. Whereas this one is more just, you know, the field, is a, the field is a lot closer. They're not as far back. And, you know, it's not like he was close and then it just fell away. It was like, Williams are making progress. It's just that, unfortunately, when, when one driver's Latifi, it's going to be hard to see the amount of progress you're making in comparison to the other teams. Like, you know, you can see that um, Alpha have Bottas, Haas have Magnussen. You can see, you know, you can see that they have good drivers, whereas Williams is like, it's, we don't know how good Albon's driving is. Like, he did a great job today, but we don't know how well it is because the the normal bench the person who should be the benchmark is not it yeah fully fully agree with you there i i, I just think you know when it comes to to albon like he did get a lot of hate you know we we, we a lot of us were on his neck back in the 2020 especially and then after everything that happened last year you know trying to recreate the crashes between Hamilton and Verstappen, etc. Like, I think he's just got an opportunity now to sort of express himself at Williams. So, yeah, let's see what he's got, what he's got to do. Uh, I still think, I, I still have an agenda against him, though. I still think he was up to terrorism with Latifi for Abu Dhabi. But, yeah, we, we don't we don't talk about that. Um, I'm going to say one, any time, wait, one thing about... Yeah, go for it, Chris. Wait, one thing about Albon is... Um, the problem with him was that he's not good enough for like Red Bull and the top teams. So like that's where my thing is. If I don't believe you're good enough for for the top team, or I don't think like your levels, I will form an agenda against you to get you out of the top team. He's good enough for Formula One, but he's not good enough for the top top teams, top echelon. And it showed when he went up against Max in the Red Bull. But now he's in the Williams. He's in a place where he can show his strengths. So he's not the fastest driver, but he's good at racing. So it's now like there's no agenda anymore. It's like let him have his redemption arc and let him get some respect back on his name. I mean, yeah, and he and he's up against Latifi, so he's got he's got the perfect opportunity to sort of showcase his skills and show, you know, just how bad Latifi is as as a driver as well. Um, I think we've covered everything there, guys. Um. Anything else you want to pick up, Nam, Chris? Um, Fuck it, Nam, Imola. Talk to me about Imola, man. So what's going to happen there? Based well, on what you've seen this weekend. If Mercedes get a new floor, they might win that race. What? They might win that race? I'm, I'm putting it out there. If they wow. fix the floor, they might win. Imola. Bro, they're coming to our stomping ground. You know that. They're coming yeah. to Italy. Yeah, I think it might. Because they looked good. I can't lie. Like, they they looked 
in in consider in considering <laughs> considering what they're driving, I can't lie to get a third and a fourth is really impressive. And for and and what makes it even more impressive was McLaren. People said they were back. So <laughs> and to finish with one of them means that there must be this there it must be clicking slowly. So if they've they've got two they've got two weeks to get everything sorted Sorted. in regards to that floor. So yeah, I think if if they fix it then they might win that one. Fair enough. Um yeah, even your Siri didn't understand that as well. No. So I think it's a wild shout. I think it's a wild shout. You know me. I, I remember everything. I'll I'll hold you to that. That Mercedes is gonna yeah, win in, in Imola. I got nothing to lose. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, actually, to be honest, right now, the way I am with my Ferrari and Leclerc stock, I've got fucking everything to lose. So yeah. Jesus, man, they better deliver. Chris, um, quick prediction for Imola. I have no predictions. It depends on who brings upgrades. It's it's as simple as that. It's, it's it's time it's time for people to start playing their cards out now. So I will know once uh, on Friday we'll know because until then it looks like Ferrari are still on top, and I expect another Ferrari victory. Chris. I can't have you tweeting some of the stuff you're tweeting and be sitting on the fence. You, I, I need, I need something from you, man. What's, what's happening? Will, 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 will Russell beat Hamilton at Imola? Just give me something to go off, so I, that, so I can hold you to it. Uh, no, I. <laughs> it, it just depends. It depends. <clears throat> it's like obviously, it just depends on what Mercedes turns up on an Imola. So if the Mercedes comes without porpoising, it's going to be the it's going to be a crazy one-two if the Mercedes wins. But mm. if not, if it's, they still have any problems, Charles is winning the race. So yeah. I love I that. love how we just say Charles now. We don't even think about science. I, this is what I said I last think, year as well about science. I said last year about science. I was like, the reason why I believe Leclerc is better than science because Leclerc has these race victories. He can win races. Um, no, no. The thing about science is, I say this. He has Barcelona. So when it's Barcelona, when we go to Spain, Barcelona, the lights are on. That is his time to, you know, bring it home, bring a bring a race victory. He has until then to sort it, you know, to, to get that victory if the Ferrari are still the top car? So, personally, I think Imola is suited to the Ferrari. I think, you know, I'll drop all this Ferrari, not the quickest car, you know, points that I keep making, if they go to Imola and dominate. Only because that, for me, is like a genuine racetrack. It's not shaped like a fucking carrot or a fucking pencil the way Jeddah is where it's just long straights and two slow corners like that's an actual tight twisty track with one DRS zone so if they're quick there I'll tell you now guys I'll put my hands up and say Ferrari the quickest car but obviously that remains to be seen um yeah guys let's let's wrap it up there um 
as always, if you haven't followed us on Twitter, please make sure you do at pitstopfracker. Um, get involved in our Discord as well. That's still going. Um, and last but not least, please leave us a review, a rating on Apple or Spotify. Every little bit helps. So, yeah, guys, until next time, peace. And remember, PDR, get out of F1. Yeah, get out of F1, PDR. Bro, <laughs> he came, by the way, by the way, he came on the radio just to say Lewis has got blisters. Like, why Such would you say awesome. that? Such he's a, a moron when he said that. You know, he hates. I didn't he hear it the whole Lewis race. Some Vettel because they dunked on him in when he was. You know, you know why he hates Lewis and Vettel? It's because yeah, they dunked on him when he was a, when he was a youth, and that grudge sticks till today. And then he hired um Lewis's dad as his agent, and then something went wrong. So he's like, he properly hates the man there. It's nasty. It's not I literally rent free. Like he came, I didn't hear him the whole race, the whole race, and he jumps on the radio just to say that, like just to say that, like, dude. Yeah, maybe Vettel should retire and maybe take his place. I think I'd prefer that. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, guys, let's wrap it up there. As always, yeah, please do all the good stuff. Follow us, leave a like, review. And yeah, until next time, peace. Sports Social Podcast Network.